Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Two big announcements today. The Army is going to start firing soldiers who are not vaccinated. And at the same time, they're going to send 3,000 soldiers to Europe to bolster our European allies as we await possibly World War III because the Democrats couldn't stop Vladimir Putin. Good evening. This is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It is me, Rich Zioli from Philadelphia, in with you this evening. And it's a pleasure to be with you. 877-381-3811 is our number. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, big announcements. U.S. Army today announced it will immediately begin separating soldiers from the service who refuse to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Now, what do you think is a, is a, a smarter strategy for us? Well, what do you think makes the United States more secure? Having uns, uh, unvaccinated soldiers or, or not having soldiers? What, what do you think is better? For our U.S. safety and security, having soldiers who aren't vaccinated or not having enough soldiers. What's better? Maybe we'll have to start the draft again. Who knows? Because we're sending now 3,000 troops to bolster our European allies. And remember, too, this is coming at a time when the Biden administration is admitting, admitting they completely botched the Afghanistan withdrawal. And it was discussed today with John Kirby, Admiral Kirby, speaking at the Pentagon today, and he was confronted with the fact the new documents have come out and they show that the entire thing was a disaster. They weren't prepared for it. They didn't plan for it. They were completely flying by the seat of their pants. And this is the same group now we're going to trust to, I guess, stand up to Vladimir Putin and prevent World War Three. That's what we're talking about. And how do we get here? First of all, we got here with the idea that we're going to start firing soldiers who want to defend this country, willing to die for this nation but don't want to take a vaccine and we're going to get rid of them instead of allowing them to risk their life and serve our country. We're doing that because the Biden administration wants to send a message. And that message is it's vaccines or nothing. And that's it. It's vaccines or nothing. It doesn't matter how young you are, how healthy you are. Even though these soldiers are young and they're able bodied, they're healthy. They're in the group that has to worry. Well, the second group that has to worry the least, I'd say children still are number one, but they're pretty close. Number two. I mean, the morbidity rate among people of that age group who are healthy, as healthy as, as these soldiers are, it's uh, it's less than 1%. So why are we doing this again? It's the virtue signaling. It's, it's The Biden administration has gone all in on vaccines and nothing else. It's why they recently said, nah, we're not going to use monoclonal antibodies anymore. Forget it. Ah. And they want to make sure that everybody knows that this is what they believe, because on the left, these things have become a religion for them. It's become a religion. First it was masks, now it's the vaccines, and anybody who objects to that needs to be removed. Removed from society. You can't work, you can't eat, you can't drink, you can't pay your, your bills, you can't feed your family, you can't serve our country. We want you gone. We want to get rid of you. Put you on an island. You unvaccinated rube. Put you away somewhere where you can't touch anybody or see anybody or hold anybody. Or, and it's beyond ridiculous. We know that the vaccines don't stop the transmission of COVID. So the government's interest in protecting these lives of people that are willing to risk it, to fight on the front lines if necessary and defend our country or defend our allies. It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. But it's whether it's it's getting rid of Joe Rogan 
or it's getting rid of soldiers in the army. It's it's the same thing. It's the same principle. The left will not allow any debate. They won't allow it. They don't want any debate. Anyone who contradicts what they believe, what is they believe the, the scientific consensus, you're not allowed to say anything. You're not allowed to disagree with it. You're not allowed to offer a different opinion. You can't go out of line. It's about control. It's completely about control. Let's think about this for a moment. This whole controversy with Joe Rogan comes from the fact that Joe Rogan has had on controversial people on a show. Who isn't in this day and age controversial? Who is? I'm controversial. Mark Levin's controversial. You may be controversial. It's not a pejorative. Controversial just means that you say things that some people disagree with. Well, who agrees 100% with anybody these days? The difference is not that they're controversial, because I would argue Fauci's controversial. I would say the guy's controversial because he knew about this virus coming from a lab and he lied about it. He covered it up, and there's documents now proving that that are coming out. He also lied about masks, and he flip-flopped on this, and he flip-flopped on that. I'd argue he's controversial, too. But Rogan, it's not about having someone controversial on. It's about having someone who the left disagrees with on his podcast. And that's the point. Whether you are a podcaster, you're a radio host, you're a scientist, you disagree with them on climate change, you don't want to take the vaccine yourself, whatever it is, they will shut you down. There is no room for debate, and there is no room for you to go out of the lines. It's tyranny is what it is. It's scientific tyranny. And it's also amazing, too, because so many of the things that they said just a few months ago were crazy. Now everybody acknowledges to be a fact. You know, a few months ago, if you told somebody this cloth mask does nothing, then the intelligentsia would would scream at you and go, why are you anti-science? Masks work. Why do you want to kill people? Now they're all acknowledging that cloth masks don't work, don't do anything. CNN called them the other day a, a face decoration. So the point is that now we're going to weaken our readiness. We're going to weaken our own military. For what purpose? Because these soldiers don't want to get vaccinated. Why do they need to get vaccinated? It may save their own lives. It may not. But obviously they're risking their lives in lots of capacities by signing up to be a soldier in the first place. Right? So it's really up to them. And if it's not going to stop the transmission, because it doesn't stop the transmission, then it's not about protecting other people, although they say it is. It's not. It's just about they want everybody to do what they say. They want everybody to follow their rules. If you step out of line and you disagree, they'll cancel you. They'll push you away. And they're not going to stop with Joe Rogan, by the way, until they have the guy gone. Because it's not about on Monday having somebody who's pro-vaccine and Tuesday having somebody who raises doubts and then on Wednesday having somebody who's pro. No, it's the CNN model of we will only push the talking points of the FDA, the government, the CDC, Big Pharma, Fauci, and there will be no one else allowed on this platform. Who says anything different? CNN's got some problems, by the way. Jeff Zucker resigned today as president. It's a little bit weird how that all unfolded, and I'll talk a little bit later about that in the show here on the Mark Levin Show. It's a very busy day. But backing up to this point about the soldiers going overseas, so we're going to send 3,000 soldiers overseas now to bolster European allies in the Russia-Ukraine crisis. All right, 3,000. Jen Psaki once used the word imminent to describe a Russian invasion, although now she's denying she used the word imminent. Why are we at this point? We're at this point because the Democrats refuse to stand up to Vladimir Putin when they have the chance. They could have shut this down very easily. They could have shut this down very easily by making this all about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and saying, this is not going to work. We're going we're gonna to put sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. We're going to stop it. Remember what Vladimir Putin cares about. Money. The guy's a thug. He's an international criminal and he loves money and he loves power. And that Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which is going to deliver his natural gas to Germany and Europe, that's what he wants. And he wants the money. Got to wet his beak. 
Now, we had a chance here in the United States of America. We could have been their exporter of natural gas. But what happened? Well, what happened is that the left, because they're all in on climate change, they said, no, 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 no. We hate natural gas. And so we're not going to allow us to be the world's biggest exporter of oil and natural gas anymore. Even though President Trump worked so hard to bring us to that point, we're not going to let us do that anymore because we think it's bad. So by doing so, what we're going to do is we're going to boost up these dictators around the world like, you know, Vladimir Putin, for example. And Putin was thrilled. I mean, you cancel the Keystone XL pipeline, you crack down, no new natural gas fracking. We don't want to export it anymore. We're down in our production. He's loving life. He gets to sell his natural gas. And since we're not going to do it anymore, I mean, he'll, he'll happily step in. He'll fill a void. China will fill the other void. <laughs> Iran will fill the third void. So we're bolstering China, Iran, and Russia at the exact same time in this country that the left is screaming about climate change being the greatest existential threat. I'm sorry. I guess I'm old school. I would think China, Iran, and Russia coming together would be a way bigger threat to the world and stability and freedom than climate change. But again, that's why I'm not allowing climate change to drive policy. And they are, and they're all in on it. And so that's why when they have the chance to stand up to Putin about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, it was no, because if, if we stand up to him, Europe still is going to need their natural gas. So then we're going to have to supply it. But we don't like natural gas. We want everybody to go solar and wind power and only solar and wind power. And as a consequence of that, Vladimir Putin got stronger and stronger and stronger. And he saw the Democrats would not would not stand up to him. And then Afghanistan happened. This disaster of Afghanistan, this disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, where we know now with documents that are coming out, we had no plan. There was no idea. We we just completely went into this seat of our pants here. We still have people over there. We still have people trapped. We still can't get everybody home. And this is an absolute cluster. This administration has no leadership. So Putin saw that, too, and saw the weakness. Then recently, Republicans tried to, to smack him with more sanctions on Nord Stream 2 pipeline, and the Democrats blocked it. Yeah, the Democrats blocked it. For years and years and years, we heard this fake nonsense about Russia from the Democrats, did we not? Trump's all in on Russia. He's got hotels in Moscow. He's got P-tapes. All this, these lies. $60 million of investigations, two impeachments, on and on it went, all about Russia over and over again. One of the group that has actually done more to boost up Vladimir Putin than anybody, it's the Democrat Party. It's the Democrat Party. By, by when, when the United States said, when Joe Biden became president and said, we are no longer interested in supplying the world with our natural gas, Vlad jumped in. Even Angela Merkel at the time said, this is really stupid. What we're going to do is just boost up, we're just going to boost up Vladimir Putin here. And that's why Germany doesn't know what to do because Germany needs the natural gas. They need the energy because countries need the energy. And the United States had such a chance to be the world's greatest supplier of energy, but woke, Green New Deal, crazy people. Do you know now they're talking about blocking out the sun? The sun. You know, the big yellow thing in the sky that makes us all feel warm and fuzzy and gives me vitamin D and makes me happy? Yeah, that thing. There's actually a piece today, which I'll share with you from some climate nut who says, maybe we should think about blocking out the sun to to save us. It's an extreme and potentially dangerous measure, but (laughs) what else are we going to do? I don't know, freeze to death? Because it seems like if you block out the sun, that's exactly what's going to happen. Why don't we just blow up the sun? Why not that? Just launch a bunch of nuclear missiles at it and blow it up and be done with it once and for all. We don't have to worry about climate change anymore, right? I mean, the planet can't warm. We'll cool down, you know, like that. We'll be good. Why? I mean, hey, why? there are dumber policies have been floated out there. But this is where we are right now. 
When they haven't been fighting the war on plastic straws, the left has been boosting up Vladimir Putin by refusing to allow America to supply what the world desperately needs, which is energy. In order to to weaken our own country and weaken capitalism and weaken us from within, the left has given aid and comfort to our enemies. And our enemies are more than happy to do it, more than happy to step up and fill that void and make lots of money doing it. Bad people, Putin, Iran, China, more than happy to make money and fill that void in the marketplace. Thanks to the Democrats, they they have a market. And you know what? Whenever there's a void in the market, somebody's going to step in and fill it. Could have been us. But instead, now we're looking at possibly World War Three, because instead of us stopping Putin when we have the chance and instead of us stopping this pipeline when we have the chance, we're now threatening the pipeline. And now Putin feels like he has to go there and defend the pipeline. And the whole thing is a giant mess because Democrats refuse to stand up to him and ask yourself why. Why are Democrats afraid to stand up to Russia? Why are Democrats afraid to stand up to China? Why are Democrats afraid to stand up to Iran? What do all those three things have in common? And why is it that every single time we talk about China encroaching on the South China Sea or threatening Taiwan or Russia threatening Ukraine, the Democrats want to change the subject or go all in on war? Because you have this whole chattering crowd right now that wants World War III with Vladimir Putin. Why? I guess ratings for CNN. I guess they figure, well, we're, we're, we're tired of being 19th place since we've lost, what, 90 percent of our viewers since Trump left. So maybe we'll go in all in on war. But the chance to stand up to Putin has passed. And the chance for the United States to say to the world, hey, listen, you don't need him. You need us. That has passed, too. As long as these Democrats are in charge, the United States of America is going to wage a war on energy. And it's part of the reason why you're paying so much to fill your car with gas. It's part of the reason why you're paying so much in groceries. It's part of the reason why the labor market is disrupted. It's part of the reason why, not because COVID, because war and energy, that everything, everything you buy is so much more expensive. 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. All right, it's the Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli from WPHD in Philadelphia. In for Mark, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Zioli, come on, you're kidding, right? We're not going to block out the sun. Bloomberg.com, what if we blotted out the sun to fight global warming? You know, what could possibly go wrong, right? He writes, uh, Michael Newman, it's risky, but then again, the path we're on now may be even riskier. So, yes, let's block out the sun, yeah, I think sometimes people sit around and go, okay, I haven't thought of the dumbest idea yet today. What can I think of? What can I think of? Oh, I know. Let's block out the sun. 
Yeah, let's just be freezing cold all the time for climate change purposes. Why not? You know, vitamin D, they say, is one of the things that is very essential in your body's uh, efforts to fight COVID. So I think this would be a disaster for a number of reasons, but also because don't we like sunshine? Don't we like sunny days? But this is what they want to do. This is the whole other idea now, some scientific thing where they basically use something called solar geo geoengineering, geoengineering, solar geoengineering, which is an attempt to figure out a way to cool the planet by deflecting some of the sun's rays before they reach us humans. Now, the science isn't there yet, but a group of scientists argue it should be done right now. <laughs> Oh, man, I just I think I sometimes I want to get off this planet. I really do. And see if I can hitch a ride to another planet. Maybe things are a little bit more normal there. I don't know. For example, when I tell you that the United States of America is going to kick out men and women who've decided to risk their lives fighting for our nation because they're not vaccinated, we're going to kick them out of our armed forces. That is truly the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And we're not just doing it with our soldiers. We're doing it with cops. We're doing it with firemen. We're doing it with frontline doctors and nurses for, a, for a, va- a vaccine that does not stop transmission of the virus. Philadelphia, where I broadcast from every morning on WPHT, 12, 10 a.m. Uh, and you could, of course, if you're listening right now to Mark Levin, our hometown of Philadelphia, Mark's flagship station. I like to call it that anyway. Mark's from here, so why not? Uh, then you know the cops, they're being threatened to be fired now, too, if they don't get vaccinated. Well, Philadelphia is under siege. Our cities, we have four carjackings a day, four a day that we know of. There might be even more. We are at a record number of carjackings. And and the carjackers don't care if you're vaccinated. They don't ask to see proof of vaccination before they steal your ride. Just FYI. So that's not a priority. And if you're if you're not wearing a mask, they'll still steal your car. It's not a thing with them. The city can have a vaccine mandate. The city can have a mask mandate. But to the carjackers, those things are just kind of low priority for them. So they'll just take your car. Uh, but what we're going to do, though, is even though we have record murders in Philadelphia, record carjackings, we're going to start firing cops because they're not vaccinated. Guys and gals who are willing to put their lives on the line and walk the streets of Philadelphia every day protecting our city, a city that is under siege. And this is happening across the country, New York City, Chicago, Philadelphia, San Francisco, you name it. These cities are under attack. And what is the response by these woke politicians? Get vaccinated or else we're not going to let you risk your life to protect us anymore. Think about that. Get vaccinated or we're not going to let you risk your life to protect us anymore. It's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's dangerous. We are we are weakening America right now, and we are risking our safety and security both at home and abroad. You want to talk about all enemies, foreign and domestic. We are allowing ourselves to be vulnerable to both groups over idiotic vaccine policies. This is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one coming right back. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education. And it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for free. 
And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great Digest of Liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. An unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. You know, there's major security risks about TikTok, but we're not addressing them as a nation. You know why? Because we would have to stand up to the Chinese government, and we refuse to do that. Welcome back to the show. This is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, in with you tonight, fellow Levinites. Uh, Yeah, we are afraid to stand up to China. In fact, we're still giving China our money. We, we, we still are lying and pretending like we don't know where the virus came from, like it's up for debate. We know where the virus came from. It came from a Wuhan virology lab, uh, and we refuse to stand up to them. Not only is Putin looking to encroach on Ukraine, obviously, and potentially invade it, but Russia keeps messing with Taiwan, blowing up our satellites in space, encroaching on the South China Sea. China is not afraid of us. China believes that they're going to run the world soon, and we keep helping them. We keep enriching them. Everything China owns is owned. I mean, every business, every entity, it's all the government that owns it. Everything. In fact, today, Jen Psaki was asked about this because you may not know this or not, but those covid tests that the White House is going to send you and your family, which I would argue now is two months too late. This would have been helpful maybe in November, Thanksgiving time, the holidays. I don't know why we're doing this now. Case numbers are plummeting all across the country. The Omicron wave or the yeah, the Omicron wave is, is, is over. So what are we doing right now? We're sending tests to everybody for what purpose? So they can say they're doing something. That's what they can say they're doing something. And the tests are made in China. That's right. And we're going to give them China, a Chinese company now, one point two billion dollars of our money. Jen Psaki was asked about this today by a reporter at the White House press briefing. Cut to the covid tests that are being sent out by um, the federal government, um, the the Chinese company and on health owns iHealth, which is um, one of the providers. They have a they signed a one point three billion dollar contract with the Pentagon last month um, for for these tests. Um, The administration concerned about sort of both the, the sort of optics and messaging of sending something to Americans homes that says says made in China on it at the same time that you're, you know, doing this thing that you consider to be a positive good for Americans um, and just kind of the overall, you know, philosophy of, of giving um, federal contracts to China. Well, well, I would say our objective and c- continues to be to increase um, U.S. manufacturing capacity of tests. We also needed to meet a need that we had in this country for more tests and a shortage of tests and the understandable demand from people across this country to get tests and make them free and accessible, which required us purchasing some of those tests uh, from China in order to meet that demand. Is it me or does this administration love propping up China in every single way that it possibly can? They love it. They really do. They love it. And here's where we are right now. We are now afraid to stand up to China on one of one of the greatest security risks facing us, TikTok. Now, maybe you use TikTok. Maybe your kids do. People watch videos on TikTok. They're a minute. I'm not on TikTok, but I know what it is. Obviously, China owns TikTok. You probably have it on your phone. Your kids may be using it right now. And China is using it to spy on us. And the United States is moving, some say, way too slowly to address TikTok security risk. Now, the previous administration was all over this. In fact, at one point, President Trump talked about banning TikTok. 
unless the Chinese could guarantee that it was going to be secure and not use it to spy on us. The United States Commerce Department recently concluded a public comment period on a proposed rule change which would expand federal oversight to explicitly include apps that could be used by foreign adversaries to steal or otherwise obtain data on United States citizens. Now, the Commerce Secretary could then effectively bar foreign apps which are deemed unacceptable security risks. But the rule may not go enough. It may not go far enough. It really may not. Marco Rubio, for example, Senator Rubio has said the White House is moving way too slowly. He says TikTok remains a serious threat to U.S. national security and to Americans, especially children's personal privacy. The Biden administration undid critical measures that President Trump took against the app and the timid steps it has taken on data security are not nearly enough. Now, think about this now. If we were to do something on TikTok, China would be angry at us. China would be upset. We don't want to upset China. Come on. It'd be the same thing as if we pulled out of the Olympics. We're going to go participate in the Olympics. We're going to go do a show right now and pretend like all of China's human rights abuses, China's acts of aggressions, China's intellectual theft of our property. We're going to pretend like none of those things are happening right now. We're just going to ignore it, turn a blind eye to it, just like we do with everything, just like we do on the virus, where it came from. Anybody who really believes Fauci's BS that this virus came from a natural reservoir, where is that bat out of curiosity? Where is that? But the reason why we don't push is because we don't want to upset China. This administration, Joe Biden, is afraid of them. He's afraid. And China knows they're afraid of them. And the world knows it, too. The world can see it. And so what are we going to do? We're going to we're going to start firing soldiers at a time when we're now threatening war with Russia. We're going to send 3000 troops overseas. We're going to fire soldiers. And when China is making aggressive moves towards one of our friends, Taiwan, and China knows we're not going to do anything about it. So they're not afraid to do it. And then China's going to spy on our kids and spy on us with this TikTok that everybody's using nowadays. And instead of us cracking down on it, we don't want to upset them because we're always afraid of upsetting them because we might need them to make our tests. You see, it comes down to the fact that we are still once again so dependent upon them to make stuff for us. Why is it that we are now how many years into this pandemic, this Groundhog Day never ending pandemic? We still have to rely on China to make our tests. What, what, what's going on here? Biden said he was going to fix all this. Remember? He said he was going to fix this. There was not going to be any testing delays, no testing gaps, no issues. Day one, he was going to do it. Now, on day one, what he did was he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline and declared a war on energy, not COVID. And so we still can't make this stuff here in the United States. You know why we can't? We don't have enough people. We don't have enough people to be able to make it. That's the reality. Everywhere you turn right now, there's not enough people in the labor market. There's not enough people in the labor market. Domino's Pizza will give you a tip if you pick up your own pizza. That's right. If you go and pick up your pizza, Domino's will pay you. In Joe Biden's America, Domino's pays you to deliver your own pizza. $3 they'll give you. If you drive to Domino's and pick up the pizza. That's amazing to me. Joe Biden's America. You get paid to deliver your own pizza. This is Joe Biden's America. Well, they don't have enough drivers. Nobody has enough of anybody right now. There was a groundhog that died in New Jersey, in Milltown, New Jersey. They couldn't get another groundhog. So they had to rely on Puxatani Phil's prediction today because they couldn't get another groundhog. That's what I mean. Even groundhogs are in short supply right now. But the truth is that because of the, the policies of this administration, allowing people to remain on unemployment indefinitely, we have a situation right now where we don't have enough people who can make our tests, make our masks, make the things that are critical to keeping America safe. How stupid do we have to be to still rely on China 
the nation that unleashed this virus on the world, to still rely on them to keep our American people safe? Keep us safe? Are we kidding ourselves? If we need aspirins, if we need bio, if we need uh, drugs, if we need antibacterial drugs, whatever it is that we need, we, we have to rely on them again still to make it. We've learned nothing. And that's because this administration, this president will never stand up to them. His hooks are too deep in China. Hunter Biden's hooks are too deep in China. He, they're, they're, there's too many interests now. Too many interests. And we won't do a damn thing about it. We still have a problem with semiconductor chips. We still have a problem getting enough of drivers on the roads to deliver things. We still have enough. We've got all kinds of problems. And people can still stay in unemployment as long as they need because they don't have to look for work. In certain states still, all you have to say is, well, because COVID, and that's good enough for them. We don't have enough teachers. We don't have enough doctors. We don't have enough nurses. We don't have enough cops. We don't have enough firemen. And in the midst of all that, because we're dumb, we're going to start firing people who are not vaccinated. You see how idiotic this is? Of course you do. You're a very smart person. That's why you listen to this show. So now TikTok may be spying on all of us. Our Olympians are going to go to China and play in the Olympics and I should say participate in the Olympics. And they're all going to be spied upon, too. You know, they're all going to be spied on. There's no doubt in my mind that our athletes will be spied on. There's no doubt in my mind that we are putting them at risk just by going over there. But when you have an administration that is all in financially on China, because that's who Joe Biden is, this is what you get. When you have countries around the world that are not afraid of him, they're going to test us. They're going to test us. And then when they start reading about how we're firing our own soldiers because they're not vaccinated, you don't think they're shaking their heads over there? Do you think Vladimir Putin would fire soldiers who are not vaccinated? Do you you think Xi Jinping would do that? No, of course not, because they need them, because they understand the value in them. They understand why it's important to have a big, robust military. And the message it sends to the world to say, we're now getting rid of our own soldiers. I just did the Biden creepy whisper, didn't I? He did it again today, the creepy whisper. He's talking about cancer, and he starts whispering into the microphone again. It's so weird when he does that. 877-381-3811 here on the Mark Levin Show. Uh, Let's go to Bridget. She's in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. Hey, Bridget, you're on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich. Yeah, hi, Rich. Nice to meet you. I've heard listened to you before. Um, I just want to get it out there to the American people because um, I'm extremely concerned. As an African-American uh, citizen and had grandparents that fought in wars, my father fought in a war, just lost them in the same year as COVID. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. I know there's a lot included. Yeah, thank you so much, sir. Um, there's a lot. I believe a lot of our forefathers are rolling over in their graves right now because we are at a very bad precipice. And I, I think people kind of understand it, but I don't think they really get it. What I'm concerned about right now is that we are sending soldiers over um, to protect a border. But yet in the meantime, we have over two to three million people that are coming over our border in droves. We don't know who these people are. And the fact is, right now, is my question is, if there are any senators or congressmen that are listening right now, who's protecting the United States border right now? And I mean that in the sense that if if they were to strike us right now, how many troops do we have ready to protect the American people? It sounds to me like this is very dangerously a setup, because we are sending our troops in harm's way over there to protect the border that, number one, as they said earlier today, even reporters were asking, well, NATO 
is not even getting involved in this as we speak. It seems like the U.S. is the only one pushing this war and basically pushing Russia into war. Russia has got the most nukes in the world. And at this point that where we're at right now, our people, every single systematic thing that has been put in place to protect the American people, including our cops, including our, 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 our troops, they are destroying that. Now, anyone can't say that you have a government that has turned against its own people to where they've removed all of its protections of which the Constitution specifically puts in. That is what the government is supposed to be doing. What is going on that nobody is doing anything to stop this? What is going to happen to our people? We have no protection right now. And now we have people coming over the border that are going into our cities, not just cities, suburbs. They're going into every aspect. Who are these people? Yeah, look, Bridget, you're right. And thank you for the call to the Mark Levin Show. I appreciate it. You're, you're exactly right. We are, at this moment in time, we are we are defenseless. I, I don't mean that from the sense of we don't have a defense department or we don't have a military. From a, from a philosophical point of view, we are defenseless. Th- take our streets right now. Today we had another funeral for an officer who was gunned down the line of duty. We... We have a war going on in this country where criminals feel brazen because you have prosecutors who believe that the criminals are the victims. And so criminals are emboldened right now. I mean, have you ever seen anything like this before in your life where we have seen such brazen acts of criminality against cops, against everyday citizens happening all the time? We, we, are, we are at a point right now where our enemies around the world feel no problem engaging with us, messing with us, testing us, testing the waters. They have no fear of us at this point in time. So from a philosophy, from a philosophical point of view, I feel very defenseless right now. I don't know where this virus is going. I don't know what other variant might come along because this virus was made in a lab and we still have not gotten into that lab to figure out where this thing actually really came from. We have to rely on Fauci's lies. My kids are still wearing a mask in school. I don't know if their school will be shut down tomorrow. They're missing out on so much of their normal life by sitting there wearing masks every day. I think there's a real sense of powerlessness that we're feeling, powerlessness that we're feeling every day. And every day, it gets worse. You go to the grocery store, it's 400 bucks to buy groceries. You fill up your, your tank with gas. You know, there are guys out there, guys and gals, they're working hard. They're plumbers, they're contractors, blue-collar people. They are raising prices on customers and consumers, and they're realizing right now, a lot of them are, are, are saying, I, no, I'm not doing it. But they have no choice because the prices are being raised on them from their suppliers. And they don't have enough guys to help them. Every person I talk to, I got this 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 uh, HVAC company over my house the other day, and they're telling me, Rich, we need people. We could be doing so much more business. We don't have enough people. There's a philosophy of this in this country, and it's very dangerous, of defensiveness, defenselessness, of powerlessness, and it grows every day because we don't have leadership. This is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, coming right back. Mark Levin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it, and I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. 
It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for free. Imprimus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. Now, the only way you deal with a guy like Putin is to make him believe that uh, it won't end well for him. That's it. That's the only way. You threaten his Nord Stream 2 pipeline, and if he believes that it will cost him money, he will back down. That's the only way you handle it. But what if a lot of Democrats actually want war? What if they actually do want to go all in? You know, this is interesting as I was listening to, um, I guess it was Joe Scarborough the other day, and he was going on about how we need to stand up to Putin and we need to show Putin and we need to use force and we need to show force and like this. And all I kept thinking was, no, actually, we just need to compete with them with energy. We just need to be able to sell our energy in the market. But who's stopping that? Democrats are stopping that. And then if Putin believes that the Nord Stream 2 pipeline is dead, he'll back down. I mean, he'll back down if he believes that he can't make money because it's all about money for him. But then Europe doesn't want to back us because they need his energy. And if we're not willing to supply it, then what are they going to do? You see the problem right now? And this is because the Democrats were afraid to stand up to him. And all he had to do was just threaten. That's it. Nothing would have happened. Nothing would have happened. And he would have backed down very, very quickly because he wants to just sell his natural gas. It's what he wants. We should be competing with him. But we have people in this country who are on the left and they just want a war in energy. And as long as that war in energy rages in this country, we won't be the world's largest exporter. We won't be the world's largest supplier of oil and natural gas. And that is such a shame because that void that's open right now could be filled by us versus Putin or China or Iran. But that happens at home. You see, for that to occur, you've got to get Democrats to back down off this Green New Deal nonsense and understand the value in the United States exporting energy. But they're not going to do that because they now live on the religion of this war on or this this climate change hysteria. And so everything is going to be driven by that. It won't be driven on the idea that the United States of America could actually be supplying Germany and Germany would be less dependent on Russia. And Putin would then have less of a strong position in the world or that we could be supplying oil around the world. Cato did a report recently, the Cato Institute, finding that. Our domestic production of oil is down about 10 percent since Joe Biden took office. So you understand that exactly when the United States is not supplying something, then countries around the world are going to turn to somebody else. And if that somebody else is going to be our enemy, then we're just going to be emboldening them and enriching them. We we had a chance here to show the world that we were going to be number one in this marketplace. We were. We were. We were doing it. And then Joe Biden came along and screwed it all up like he screws up so much. Hour number two of the Mark Levin Show. Straight ahead. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin. 
The modern Democrat Party wants to ban free speech. There's no other way to put it. They do. They want to censor everything, and they want big tech to do more to restrict information that you get under the guise that it's misinformation. Good evening. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, with you from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. Your fellow Levinite. There's a uh, survey that was done recently. Percentage of adults who say... The United States government should take steps to restrict false info online, even if it limits freedom of information. Those who identify themselves as Democrat, they agree with that statement 65%. Scary, those Republicans and those who lean Republican as well, 28%. That number should be 0%. (laughs) The U.S. government should take no steps to restrict false information online. Zero steps. The only way the government should get involved online is if um, somebody steals a computer and then they can go track it down using, I guess, the FBI or something if it's a federal offense. Beyond that, I don't want them involved. I want the marketplace of ideas to figure out the information and what's what's right and what's wrong will be something that we can all debate. Uh, But what's happening right now is that they do something called the consensus. Have you heard this word? The scientific consensus says. So, for example, you can't debate certain things because they go, well, the scientific consensus has concluded. Therefore, you are not allowed to object to that. Consensus now equals law. And scary, the Democrat Party today, the same party that was once about free love and free information and stopping war and, you know, getting the man off my back, they're all in now on the government using its power to restrict false information online, even even if it limits freedom of information. Tech companies should take steps to restrict false information online. This is another question that was asked of them. Should tech companies take steps to restrict information online? If you remember yesterday, Jen Psaki... She came out and she said, well, we're very happy that Spotify is putting warnings on Joe Rogan's podcast, but we want them to do more. That's right. See, the White House won't be happy until tech companies ban information that disagrees with the scientific quote unquote consensus. They don't want competing ideas. They don't want debate. Remember, it's not enough for somebody to have on a pro-vax person on Monday, an anti-vax person on Tuesday. And again, I think uh, these are wild accusations anyway to say somebody's anti-vaccine, but that's what they say. So and then on Wednesday, have somebody uh, from Pfizer on and then on Thursday, have somebody on um, who disagrees with the Pfizer guy. No, you see, that's what they don't want. They don't want the Thursday guest. They don't want the Tuesday guest. They only want the guests who put out what the scientific consensus says. They mean that. That's what they mean. That's why they won't stop until they get their way. When asked the question of should tech companies take steps to restrict false information online, even if it limits freedom of information, 76% of Americans who are Democrats say yes. Now, scarily, this is terrifying. 37% of those who identify as Republicans say yes. That, again, that number should be zero. That number should be zero. We should not want tech companies restricting information online. We, we shouldn't. We, we, we are in a point right now where you can't debate things anymore. We have scientific consensus tyranny that doesn't allow you to have a different opinion from somebody else. And then the government always wins because if you get the majority of Americans to agree that the government should take steps to restrict false information, government's got a lot of guns. Government's got a lot of agents. It can do a lot of things to restrict information out there particularly information that might be critical of government. And this is why we have the First Amendment in the first place. We have freedom of speech to criticize our government. And who are we often criticizing? Last time I checked, the CDC was part of government. The FDA was part of government. Last time I checked, Dr. Anthony Fauci worked for the federal government. 
Last time I checked, many of these scientists who go on TV all day and spout all these things, they're part of the government. So if the government can take steps to restrict what they deem to be false information, which is being critical of the government, you see how quickly the First Amendment is gone? It's just poof. It's it's gone. Because the government has just deemed that you saying things negative about the government is false information, dangerous to the public health, and therefore now they can shut it down. And they can enforce it by the rule of law. A scary proposition. This at a time when the U.S. national debt now has exceeded $30 trillion for the first time. $30 trillion. 70% of Americans have said enough is enough with COVID. It's here. We got to live our lives. And yet we're talking about now spending more money on COVID relief packages. You know the best COVID relief package we could do right now in this country? Getting people back to work. Get off your ass and go back to work. That's the best COVID relief package we could have in this country right now. If you don't have a job and you're getting unemployment, you have to prove that you're looking for a job, just like George Costanza did when he created Vandalay Industries. You got to prove it. You can't just sit home and say you're afraid of COVID anymore. That'd be the best way we can get our country going again. We've got millions of people who are not coming back into the workplace. So our national debt has now exceeded $30 trillion for the first time. Thank God, at least for now, Joe Manchin has said Bill Back Better is dead, but that could change tomorrow. And they're talking about more COVID relief. And you think at some point this might be a wake-up call that the federal government spends way too much money? No, uh, of course. No, please. No, it's not a wake-up call at all. The left is very happy with this. Because in the left's idea, that means more people are on the government dole. And the more people that are on the government dole means bigger, bigger government. That's the ultimate idea for them. $30 trillion debt is a jaw-dropping number that is a real cause for concern, said Maya McGinnis, president of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, a nonpartisan group that advocates for balancing the budget. Tells the Wall Street Journal that it is the result of both borrowing for really important crises, most notably the pandemic, but also trillions and trillions of borrowing for no reason of them. Politicians have, have, have stopped being willing to pay the bills. Does anybody think this is even a problem anymore? Does anybody even think this is even an issue? And then you, you factor in, in inflation into all of this, too. And then the spending that keeps going on in Washington. And then ask yourself something, too. When does it end, exactly? They're talking about now another possibly $5.3 trillion in emergency pandemic spending down the road. Might have to do another big, massive spending bill to get the economy moving again to deal with inflation. You cannot solve inflation with government spending. Only a moron who doesn't understand basic economics would think that the answer to inflation is government spending. But that's what they're they're talking about. It They're thinking about it. Because the same geniuses in Washington, they want you to be dependent on, on government. They want you and your family in some way, shape, or form to be dependent on government. That's what they want. And so what we're doing right now is we're creating a culture in this country where it's okay not to work. It's fine. In fact, it's encouraged. I'm not talking about working from home. I'm saying working. You can work whatever you want to work as far as I'm concerned. But you just work, please. Just go to work. Just get a job. There used to be something about you'd feel good if you had a job. Remember, it was a sign of self-esteem and make you feel good about yourself. You wanted to go to work. You wanted to be part of something. Nowadays, it's no problem. Nobody thinks twice about it. If somebody's getting bennies, if somebody's taking a government check, they're okay with it. They don't mind. Because the culture is shifting into that mindset of where this is okay. It's okay. And so we're going to spend more money. We'll take care of you. Where are we going to get this money from? $30 trillion in in debt. $30 trillion in the deficit. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
U.S. national debt exceeds $30 trillion for the first time. That's a scary number, except you don't have to think about it. You really don't. That's the nice thing about it is you can just ignore it. Look, we are raising a generation of snowflakes right now, and the last thing they're worried about is um, is having to pay for any of this because they, they think that soon enough all their college debt is going to be wiped away with the snap of the fingers. And if the Democrats keep control of Washington, then these college snowflakes will be right. They'll be right. And talk about adding more money to the national debt. <laughs> Colorado State University. Now offering students who have been affected by free speech. They had a free speech event on campus, right? 17 different campus resources to help these students who were triggered by the free speech event. All right. The sign was on campus, posted on social media, which reads the following. If you or someone you know has been affected by a free speech event on campus, here are some resources. The sign then proceeds to list 17 different departments or offices on the university campus that may be of help, including multicultural counseling, incidents of bias reporting, the Office of Equal Opportunity, and a Victims Assistance Hotline. Now think about that for a moment. Victims Assistance Hotline because you heard words that you don't like. Now, the singer Cher and I disagree on a lot of things. She's blocked me on Twitter, so I can't see what she says on Twitter. I'm not missing that, by the way. But she did block me. And I don't know what I did to her either. But I just remember one of her famous lines. She said, words are like weapons. They wound sometimes. And I guess I said something that hurt her, and that's why Cher blocked me. But words are not weapons. You see, actually, words are just words. But we've taught kids that words are, in fact, very scary, mean things. And so if you hear something you don't want to hear, then you're a victim of something. Campus Reform, which does great work, by the way, it's a great group. They found this stuff, and they're showing this around the country right now. And by the way, some of these colleges now, uh, they have the most restrictive COVID lockdown policies anywhere on earth for healthy kids who, for the most part, are all vaccinated and boosted or they wouldn't be allowed on campuses. But, you know, some of these colleges, for example, they won't let the kids leave campus to go have dinner or go to a bar with their friends. That's entirely the point of college. Going to a bar with your friends is the only reason even to go to college anymore. So you can't do that. So we're raising a generation of, of, of scaredy cats, scared of their own shadow. These are the people that should be concerned about COVID the least. And yet universities are driving fear into them and also creating a, a coddling culture that says, come, come. Are you were you triggered by words you didn't like? Come here. Give us a hug. We'll hug it out. And here's money. Because ultimately, that's where all this leads, of course, to free college and to paying and canceling student loan debt. Georgetown students, Georgetown, are now having a uh, they're having sit ins to try to protest the firing. They want they want him fired. Professor Ilya Shapiro, a libertarian professor, he said, uh, put in a poorly worded tweet. He apologized for it. But that's not enough because they want him gone. And because he doesn't have the Whoopi Goldberg, I'm a liberal card to play. uh, They're not going to stop until he's gone. You see, like Whoopi, for example, she's a liberal in good standing. When, you, when you're a liberal in good standing, you can really say anything you want. They'll forgive you. But if a conservative says that you're gone, if your libertarian says that you're gone, anybody on the right says that you're done, you're out, you're gone. And Georgetown students now are, are asking for a place to cry. They're, they're, they're asking the, the university law school at Georgetown to give them a place to cry. I want to cry as I share this with you. I want to cry. I'm crying on the inside right now. That's the kind of clown I am. Crying on the inside kind. And this is what scares me, is that these students feel so triggered that they think with a straight face they can go to the dean of the law school and say, Dean, Dean Wormer, I need a place to cry. 
I'm very triggered. All right. Because they don't like what Professor Ilya Shapiro had to say. And they don't like the fact that he still works there. And they don't like the fact that he's a, he's part of the university, the law school, in any way, shape, or form. A legal scholar and part of Cato, and he apologized for his tweet. Well, that's not enough, though. Dean Trainer, excuse me, I said Warner, but, you know, uh, Wormer. But anyway, he was front and center, a bunch of other people there, looking to try to help these little snowflakes. You see what the future is going to be like when this is what we're doing right now. So when they turn around and they say, I think my student loan debt is mean and I want you to pay for it, just rack it up to the national debt. We're not going to turn back. If they get their way, if they win midterms, if they stay in power, that's that's the next thing. Canceling student loan debt, making college free. You bet that's the next thing, because there's going to be a lot of very triggered people when they start getting those bills in the mail, having to pay back this education of theirs that really has done nothing other than make them into a bunch of scaredy cat crybaby snowflakes in covid lockdown hell. 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one coming right back. Mark Levin. Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. So the White House wants these tech companies to do more, do more to crack down on misinformation. And this is the problem in America right now, is that if you go against the consensus, the intelligentsia, then the censorati, as I call them, come around and the censorati will shut you down. White House wants big tech to do more and big tech will because big tech's all woke and they want the, the, the only opinions they value now are those of Fauci and Pfizer, et cetera, et cetera. So they can't challenge anything. Uh, this is uh, UCSB. This is a student-run newspaper at the University of California, Santa Barbara, recently pledged they will not publish opinion pieces that make people feel uncomfortable or unsafe. Quote, in the past, this section's commitment to free speech has often contradicted this effort to cultivate safe spaces. When articles are repeatedly given consideration, despite their potential to directly or indirectly alienate communities in the name of free speech, we fail as a section and a publication as a whole. Stated the open letter signed by Emily Casas and Tony Schindler-Ruberg. They are the opinion editors at the Daily Nexus, which is the student newspaper. Pieces that directly infringe on the safety or sense of security of any individual or group do not have a place in our section, they wrote in their opinion piece. Now, remember something safe is the new word. I often say this a lot. The government's job is not to keep you safe. 
because safe can be used for anything. I want to be safe from words I don't like. I want to be safe from this. I need you to protect me from that. I need you to protect me from that book, from that movie, from that song I don't like. It hurts my ears. And that's why the government's job is not to keep you safe. Government has a role to play with law enforcement, of course, and securing our borders. Uh, but its job is not to keep you safe because where does that end? Physically safe, mentally safe, emotionally safe. And that's what they use. It's what the left uses to justify more big government, to crack down on, say, Joe Rogan or me or Mark Levin or Fox News or whoever, to ban people from Twitter, ban President Trump from Twitter, ban, ban him from Facebook. It's what they do under the guise of, well, people don't feel safe. Your words. And our job is to keep people safe. No, it's not. You know, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, is going to justify spending, what, $16 billion to put traffic cameras around this country on federal highways. More surveillance, more nonsense where they're going to start sending you tickets in the mail. And what's his argument? We got to keep everybody safe. We can't have even one person die in a traffic accident. So we're going to spend $16 billion to put cameras out there. More government, more surveillance. It's a terrible idea. But once you go down that road of going, keep me safe, well, where does it stop? And the next thing is keep me safe emotionally and mentally. You're all very familiar with the concept of keeping me safe physically, of course. If you're a college student, you hear about that campus security, campus police, although a lot of these college kids want to get rid of their campus police. And two campus police officers were shot down dead. Awful, tragic situation in this country as this war on police continues. Criminals just feel so brazen right now. But on college campuses now, the new thing is you got to keep me safe mentally and emotionally, too, maybe spiritually. And the biggest thing that causes me emotional harm And mental harm are words I don't like. Words from scary people on podcasts, from comedians, from professors who might push opinions that disagree with me. Pieces I have to read in the newspaper that I don't like. It's scary. you got to keep me safe. This is what is the biggest danger and the biggest threat. And the majority of Americans now stand for censorship. An overwhelming majority of Americans who are Democrats now say the government needs to do more to crack down on quote-unquote misinformation. And tech companies need to do more to censor. This is the modern-day left. Scary place. We'll be right back. Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. This is the Octagon of Talk Radio, the Mike Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. 
Liberals want to control you, and there is something called liberal privilege, where if you're a lib in good standing, you won't get fired like Whoopi Goldberg. But if you're not, you will get fired, like Gina Carano, who was part of the Star Wars galaxy, the expanded Star Wars universe. I'll tell you about that. This is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. He'll be back soon. Uh, I want to tell you, Life, Liberty, and Levin will be new this Sunday night, though. Two great guests coming up. Congressman Jim Jordan, he's the best. And uh, John McLaughlin, too. So it's going to be a great show Sunday night. Set your DVRs, 8 p.m. Sunday, Fox News Channel, Life, Liberty, and Levin. Brand new episode live. Uh, but it's a pleasure to be with you today. I'm on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, at least for now. And uh, I do the morning show at WPHT in Philadelphia, where I believe right now they're running a basketball game, I'm told. But, hey, listen, what are you going to do? Uh, you can listen to this show in a variety of different ways, as you can imagine. And if they want to bump me, it's okay. I mean, my, my feelings won't be that hurt. Kind of hurt. A little bit hurt, I guess. But luckily, my daughter just brought home Girl Scout cookies because she's five and she's selling them. And I bought a box of every brand, every kind. I mean, of course, got to stock the fridge with the old uh, Thin Mints because you always got to get them out of the freezer, obviously. So I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do a little emotional eating after the show. It's all right. I'll do maybe during the show. I'll just, you know, grab a grab a Thin Mint. It's all right. It's all good. Uh, I will take your calls as well. 877-381-3811 here on the Mark Levin Show. In fact, let me do that. Let me go to Cole. He is calling from Las Vegas. Cole, you are a professor. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, I'm a professor of critical thinking and logic. Okay. What would you like to talk about? Um, I, uh, well, you know, I hear about professors being fired, specifically libertarian ones. I am a lifelong libertarian, uh, card-carrying. I've been a member of FIRE, which is free speech on campus. And I, I noticed something that doesn't get talked about a lot, which is, first of all, this is our job. And you do not go to work expecting to be able to do whatever you want. But additionally, a good professor, and critical thinking lends itself to this perfectly, uh, their students shouldn't know their politics. If you're teaching well, it shouldn't interfere with your teaching. We talk about all sorts of things in critical thinking that push buttons. It's essentially politics and religion. And I have never felt threatened or... And maybe it's the culture in Nevada. Um, I've never felt as though I wasn't free to speak about these things because I make sure I speak about them fairly and I open them up to discussion. And I worry that a lot of these professors are playing a victim card. Oh, is there anyone in particular you're talking about? Um, earlier in the show, you were talking about the uh, petition to fire the Georgetown professor. Yeah, Professor Ilya Shapiro. Yeah. Yes, um, for a tweet, presumably. Mm -hmm. um, I obviously do not know this human. There's so much politics within academia, too, so I'm self-censoring a bit. Uh, but uh, I cannot imagine my students responding to anything I would say, regardless of how libertarian or I slip up in class. Uh, I, I can give an example. I once said, now that we've stepped in the abortion bucket, uh, <laughs> because we had started talking about the abortion debate in class, and I was like, wow, that was graphic. Uh, and all that happened was there was a bit of a laugh, and we moved on, because my students don't know my politics. They can't tell from my teaching, uh, because 
Okay, but Professor Shapiro is different. He goes on TV and talks about politics a lot. It's it's part of what he does. It's his. He writes for Reason Magazine. He writes for Cato. He's written books. I mean, he's so he's a different animal. He he's a political commentator in addition to being a law school professor. So uh, I mean, in that context, then he's going to obviously talk about his politics. The students going to know his politics. It's it's a different situation than yours, obviously. But I think the point is that he said a tweet. It wasn't worded properly. He's apologized for it, and now. They want him fired, and do you think that's okay? I feel as though, um, when your students feel as strongly about you as your educator as mine do about me, or as his do about him, we should at least listen to that. Listen I to the students. We- so, so they're they don't like something that you say. You should be gone. I think what we have here is someone who's trying to keep two sets of books, right? Are they an educator or are they a political commentator? So what what if I had said I was deeply offended by you saying step in the abortion bucket? I felt like you were uh, dehumanizing life and I felt very offended as a pro-lifer and I wanted you gone. Would you be okay with that? I would want to talk about it. Um, And what if I said, I don't care what you talk about. I still want you gone. And I got a petition and I tried to get you fired. Would you be okay with that? Yes or no? I don't think it's that binary, but... uh, (laughs) Would you be okay with me trying to get you fired if I was one of your students? It's pretty binary. It's either yes or no. Would you be okay with me trying to get you um, fired? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, I would. Would Would you quit Um, then? Would you quit? I hope you would quit. Because you just said, I'm your student. I should be able to be heard and be understood, et cetera. So I, I would hope you would do the right thing and resign because you offended me with your graphic description of the abortion debate by being the abortion bucket. I think we're confusing hearing with obeying. Um, I most certainly would not obey my students. Well, you just said uh, you think Professor my... Shapiro should go because he said something that crossed the line and they know his politics. Oh, sir, I did not say that. I said it seems he's trying to do two things at once and they might be incompatible. Why is it incompatible, uh, though, for that, him to... Why is it incompatible for him to wear his politics on his sleeve? Why? Because when we teach our students, we want them to be receptive to learning and we want to approach it from an educational perspective, not from our personal politics. So nobody in academia can ever run for political office then either, right? Nobody can leave politics and then go into the classroom? I mean, how many um, visiting professors used to be members of Congress with a political party and a political affiliation? How many, how many people run for office having been a professor? When I was at the University of Maryland, Professor Paris Glendening ran for governor of Maryland and won as a Democrat. Um, when he came back to teach after, I think pretty much everybody knew his politics. He was governor of the state for several years. So how is it really realistic for your students not to know your politics? And who cares if they know your politics? These are adults. I I would say you're correct that there is a bias for Democrat professors, for sure. But, and, you know, they're young adults. Uh, But that being said, when you're in the classroom, this isn't a hard concept, right? Like, you leave your sex life at home. You leave Ilya Shapiro didn't tweet this in the classroom. He tweeted it outside the classroom. So he's apologized for it. These students want him gone. Are you on his side or not? There is 
It is a strong indication that he has failed to leave his politics. Oh, please. Have a good night, oh, Professor. Thank. Okay. All right. Have, have a good night. Thank you. Thank you for dodging the question. Uh, and it, I think it's ridiculous to think that anybody can really leave their politics behind because the truth of the matter is everybody has a bias in life. And it's very hard to hide that bias in any situation. But this professor's mindset is, unfortunately, what a lot of professors have today, which is the mindset of this, the student's feelings should come first. And really what she's saying is if the students don't feel safe because they don't like the person's politics, well, then, the, you know, give me a break. Come on. That's ridiculous. I would no more want her fired for her, uh, her, her stupid comment about the abortion bucket, which, by the way, I don't really think is that offensive, but I'm just using it as an as a analogy, than I would want Ilya Shapiro fired for his, for his dumb tweet that he apologized for, his poorly worded tweet. But, you know, the minute you start justifying cancel culture, the minute you start going down this road and justifying it, well, yeah, but... Well, yeah, but I support free speech, but those are the people that crack me up the most. I work with fire, but I work with the freedom for uh, individual rights and education, and I'm a libertarian, but that's the, the biggest red flag for me is that word, the but, not the but, 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 you know, but it's the biggest red flag for me. Boom, right there. I am the biggest uh, uh, proponent of free speech, but this is about life or death. But this is misinformation and people are dying. But you can always justify it in some way. You can justify censoring anything, anything. And you could, and, and it's always prefaced with that whole thing, too, of you'll find no one who supports it more than me. But on this instance, considering how many people are dying of COVID or considering uh, how this professor uh, did really cross the line and say something that he shouldn't have said or considering this or considering that, you either pick a, pick a lane. Are you, are, you, are you for cancel culture or not? And, yeah, it is that binary. It actually really is. I don't want Whoopi Goldberg fired, but I didn't want Gina Carano fired. And, unfortunately... Because we are not consistent on these things, I'm in the position right now of having to shake my head at the fact that Whoopi gets a two-week vacation and Gina Carano's out of a job. So what did Gina Carano do? Gina Carano tweeted out something uh, about the Holocaust, which she should not have done. She made an analogy about the Holocaust, which was not a good idea, because I don't think you should really ever in life make Holocaust analogies, Hitler analogies, or anything. I just don't think it's good. I don't think it helps. I don't think it helps you advance your point. The minute you start comparing things to Nazis and Hitler and the Holocaust, I think it hurts your argument. So my advice to people is always find another analogy. There are lots of other analogies you can use. Just don't use that one. But she did. She used an analogy about the about the Holocaust uh, and covid and policies around that. And she apologized for it. But it wasn't enough. Disney dropped her. Disney fired her because there was the hashtag hashtag fired Gina Carano, which was trending on Instagram. Why? Because she leans to the right. Now, I'm not advocating for Whoopi Goldberg to be fired, but that's the problem, though, is that whenever a conservative or a libertarian or somebody on the right says something that they shouldn't, there immediately is the backlash of we want that person gone, whether it's Joe Rogan or it's Gina Carano or it's Professor Ilya Shapiro, and we won't stop until they're gone. We're not doing that to Whoopi Goldberg. Conservatives aren't doing that. We're not leading hashtag campaigns to try to get her fired. We're not we're not going all in on making sure that ABC Disney, the same parent company, by the way, that owns the view, owns Disney, owns Star Wars now and fired Gina Carano. Well, we're not. I mean, I I haven't seen any of my conservative friends today spending all day with hashtags, hashtag fire whoopee. I've seen none of that today. But this is the double standard. Gina Carano made a Holocaust analogy. Whoopi Goldberg said the Holocaust was not about race. Gina Carano apologized. She's out of a job. Whoopi Goldberg will get a two-week vacation. 
because she's a lib in good standing. And that's the difference. There are professors in this country every day who say offensive things in the classroom, highly offensive things, but they're liberals and there's no chance they're going to get fired. They say horrible things. They say idiotic things. I hear about them all the time. Campus reform writes about them all the time. But there's never an effort to get rid of them. Ilya Shapiro is a conservative. He's, I'm sorry, libertarian. So he says something uh, Ill, 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 poorly worded on Twitter, and they won't stop these Georgetown students until they get a safe space and get the guy gone. That's the difference. That's the difference. We're not trying to engage in cancel culture. I don't want to see people fired. I don't want to see podcasts banned. I don't want to see movies banned. I don't want to see books banned. I don't want to see any of this crap anymore. I'm tired of it. But the double standard is so annoying because of what happens to those on the right versus what happens to those on the left. And there is actually real liberal privilege in that sense. There's no doubt about that. So you got to pick a side. Which side are you on? Are you, in, are you on the side that says, I can justify canceling people. I can justify cracking down on speech. I can justify big tech shutting down speech I disagree with. Because if you're on that side, go ahead. And I'll fight you to tooth and nail on it. I was going to say to the death, but that'd be an exaggeration. Obviously, I'm not that courageous but i i will i will absolutely fight you tooth and nail because it's that important to me that we don't start censoring that we we and we have to stop this now but they're not going to stop until they get rid of joe rogan you know that they won't and i tell you one thing too and that is as a conservative talk show host i gotta watch every word i say oh i know that i'm smart enough to know that mark levin's taught me that Because if you want to succeed, you have to realize that there are a lot of people and the people that disagree with me are the people that will spend time with the hashtag campaign and will spend time writing the letters and trying to get me fired. I won't do those things to Whoopi Goldberg, but they would do it to me in a heartbeat. And that's the truth. 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. We're coming right back. Mark Levin. Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. show with me rich zeolian for the great one thanks for being here tonight appreciate it very very much as we are hanging out together uh let's see john is in los angeles here on the mark levin show hey john hey rich how you doing good john thanks for the call hey just real quick to follow up i and i tuned in late but on the uh genus comment that she made that she got fired from disney 
Um, the comment that she made on Twitter was actually a quote, and I'm sorry, I'm in my car and I and I don't. I was just sure. trying to look it up while I was parked. But she was actually requoting something that a left wing either commentator or somebody on the left had said exactly word for word, and that person had been praised about what he said. And in general, the comment was about that it was easy for them to round up Jews in Nazi Germany because. They had already turned the people against them. Correct. So Hitler and his machine turned against it. So Gina was fired for something that somebody on the left put out there, said the exact same thing. And that's the dystopia that we live in right now with the way that the, the media is set up across this country. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Excellent point to, to clarify that even further. I think you are spot on with that. Uh, and, and her point about how society, how can something like that happen? We get to the point where we, we as neighbors and friends tolerate that happening uh, was really the, the crux of the point that she was making. And, and and it wasn't enough that she said, OK, I shouldn't have used that analogy when we're talking about COVID policies or something like that. Uh, they they were just they were out for blood and they they wouldn't stop until they got her. No, and you're right. And the things that you're talking about, it's shameful what's going on, that no one can have an opinion anymore. You either follow the, the opinion of the entire left-wing media. You know, I see it. I used to work in media. I, I get on. I see the exact same stories, whether it's watching CBS LA, CBS New York, Chicago, Dallas. It doesn't matter. The same stories with the same verbiage is being run nationwide. And that's where people should be really afraid of what's going on. Yeah, uh, excellent point. And, and you know, it's uh, it's good that people are speaking up about it, too, because I think this this opportunity with Whoopi Goldberg, John, is a great point to make that comparison really hit home for people. John, excellent call. Thank you for calling and listening to The Mark Levin Show. I appreciate it. Uh, hour number three is coming up. I'm going to get into uh, some of the, the horrific shootings against law enforcement officers in this country. Also, a D.C. bar owner who says, look, I, I'm, you can shut me down, but I'm not the government. I'm not going to enforce your vaccine policy. I'm not going to do it. And Jeff Zucker is out at CNN. Now, I think the real reason why Jeff Zucker is out at CNN is because under Jeff Zucker's leadership, CNN has dropped 30 percent in the key demographic. Like everything else in life, it's usually about the money. The Fazuls, as uh, we say, it's usually about that. And I think CNN wanted him gone because, let's face it, the ratings stink. CNN stinks. And I think the excuse that they're using is just that, an excuse. It's me, Rich Zioli, here on The Mark Levin Show, hour number three, straight ahead. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting them from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. It is hour number three here on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. Thanks for being here tonight. Mark will be back, and a brand new episode of Life, Liberty, and Levin will be on Sunday night with Congressman Jim Jordan. Thanks for being here. 877-381-3811. President Trump has responded to Jeff Zucker leaving CNN. <laughs> so Jeff Zucker's out as the president of CNN's network, and uh, he's down his, in his tenure as boss. They've lost 30% in the key demographic. 30%. Not surprising. Fox News crushes it. MSNBC tries to be the uh, competitor to Fox News. CNN doesn't know what it wants to be, and it's a mess. The programming's a mess. They don't have talented people on there. They have that whole disaster with Chris Cuomo. And by the way, the whole reason why it seems as if they're pushing out Jeff Zucker is because Cuomo, who I call the lesser Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, I think he actually was the one who got him out. At least that's what Brian Stelter says. Brian Stelter was discussing this possibility after the news broke about Jeff Zucker today. And remember something. This proves that everybody watches Fox News and doesn't watch CNN. I mean, that's the truth. You know, you could cut it any other way you want. The reality is CNN stinks. The ratings are terrible. The programming's terrible. There's nothing good about it anymore. There really isn't. They need a missing plane. They need somebody, somebody to go missing. You remember the time Don Lemon suggested the plane may have gone into a black hole? Yes, he did. He really did. He said that. That's not a joke. True story right there. So anyway, so knowing all that then, when they got rid of Jeff Zucker, it was very obvious why they got rid of him. They used the excuse about the girlfriend, the Gumad. They used the excuse about that, but that's not really why they did it. If he was successful, he would still be there right now. That's the truth. These are two consenting adults. They're both divorced. They had a relationship. It was an open secret. It was the worst kept secret at CNN. Jeff Zucker's gone anyway. Why is that? Well, Brian Stelter suggesting today that the lesser Cuomo was behind this entire thing. Cut number three. Cuomo was fired in December, and he is not going out quietly. He was fired, and there were reports that he wasn't going to get paid the millions of dollars that were going to be on the remainder of his contract. So as a source uh, said to me earlier today, he was trying to burn the place down. He was going to court, trying to burn the place down, and claiming that he had incriminating information about Zucker and Gullist. So if that's the case, if this is a domino effect, that begins with Andrew Cuomo going down the governor's office and then Chris Cuomo being fired from CNN and then Jeff Zucker losing his job at CNN. That is a remarkable domino effect, a chain of events. I think that is part of the story. Now, the story is that CNN stinks and he's the guy at the top. And when the guy at the top uh, eventually probably gets paid a ton of money and he's not producing. And so this was a convenient excuse to get rid of the guy. So this is what former President Trump said. He said, Jeff Zucker, a world class sleazebag who is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really do miss his his social media commentary. I really do. I'm telling you. Jeff Zucker, a world-class sleazebag who has 
who has headed ratings and real news challenge CNN for far too long, has been terminated for numerous reasons, but predominantly because CNN has lost its way with viewers and everybody else. Now is a chance to put fake news in the back seat because there may not be anything more important than straightening out the horrendous lamestream media in our country, and in the case of CNN, throughout the world. Jeff Zucker is gone. Congratulations to all, he said. I mean, CNN's still on the airport, too, I believe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. The last thing I'm watching on the airport is CNN. That's, I can tell you that. It's, I have no interest in doing that. Last time I was at the airport, we were flying back from the free state of Florida. Why I came back, I don't know. I was down there. It was wonderful. It was warm. It was between Christmas and New Year's. There were no masks. Everybody was happy. Vitamin D and sunshine, because they have not blocked out the sun yet. And it was wonderful. And I binge-watched Yellowstone. I love that show. If you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. It's great. Yellowstone's fantastic. I'm telling you, Mr. Producer, if you haven't seen it, binge watch it, Rich. You'll thank me. My man, Richie V, I'm telling you, you'll like it too. It's right up your alley. It's a great show. But anyway, I watched it. I binge watched it. There's no way am I watching CNN at the airport. I was watching. Well, first I was watching my kids run around. That's really what I was doing because our flight was all delayed because they don't have enough pilots because of COVID, because of job shortages, because Biden's economy stinks, and also because of vaccine mandates. Remember how they were going to do those vaccine mandates on pilots and they pulled back on that because they didn't have enough of them. See, this is exactly what's happening with our soldiers, exactly what's happening with our cops or nurses or doctors. But vaccine mandates are not necessary. They don't work. The government has no interest anymore since we now know definitively the vaccines don't stop the spread of transmission. Therefore, to mandate them is only about protecting yourself and that the government has no interest in you protecting yourself. That's not their that's not their job. There are lots of things we can do to put ourselves at risk. COVID is just one of many things we can do to put ourselves at risk. It's none of the government's business if I want to take that risk. It's not. Lots of people put themselves at risk of things. Smoking, driving too fast, eating a lot of red meat, apparently, although depending on who you ask, some days people say eating red meat is the best thing for you. Somebody made a great analogy recently. Do you remember the food pyramid back in the day? When they told you to eat carbs, lots and lots of carbs, and all of a sudden everybody realized the nation got fat, turned around one day and said, what happened? They said, well, everybody said eat low fat and eat lots of carbs. So you're supposed to have like 17 servings of bread in one day or something ridiculous like that. Remember those days? I do. Everything was fat-free. They had That was the day when they had the Olestra, was that fake fat that they used, the Fugazi fat, and it, was a, it would make everybody, well, have the runs, basically. But that was the whole thing. Fat was bad. It was all about carbs, low fat and carbs. Everybody was buying low fat everything. And the nation, we all bulked up. And what happened here? And the government was telling everybody, you got to eat lots of carbs. And there was so much interest behind that from big food and all these various groups to put that information out there. Nowadays, everybody kind of knows the carbs are the problem. So they recommend you have mostly protein and vegetables, a little bit of fruit, but you really save the bread and the pasta and the pizza for special occasions, or in my case, daily. But that's the recommendation. But remember the time that that was science and that was the way it was. You were supposed to eat several servings of whole grains a day. And that was science. I mean, I, I remember when science was opioids are not addictive. I just saw that show Dope Sick, and that's what they talked about in that show, and opioids are not addictive, and that was science, and that was Big Pharma, and that was at the FDA, and they signed off on that. Nowadays, if you were to check, so if you were to challenge that today, any of those things then, that was the scientific consensus then, you'd be banned 
They'd want to fire you, take you off social media. They'd shut down your podcast. You can't speak. You can't live. You can't you can't survive because you're disagreeing with the scientific consensus. Somebody said also to uh, climate lockdowns are going to start next. That'll be the next thing they'll start doing, because what is the greatest existential threat to all of us being alive right now? Not aliens. It's climate change. They say the biggest threat far worse than covid. So if they can justify lockdowns for COVID, and they're still talking about doing them, places around the world are starting to open up. But sadly, there are some places where they still have a lot of restrictions. Could they do it for climate change? You bet. Oh, you bet. Absolutely, they could. In fact, every now and then you'll hear a story about somebody going out there and saying, you know, the world was much cleaner during lockdown. There were far less emissions. In fact, it was quieter, too, because everybody wasn't driving. The earth was cleaner. So maybe we should start doing periodic lockdowns again so that we can make sure the earth is nice and clean. You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. Johns Hopkins came out and said lockdowns are a disaster. They're a disaster. Economically a disaster, mentally, physically, emotionally, a disaster all across the board. But even outside of lockdowns, we are not back to normal yet. You see Biden, every time Biden's out there, everyone around him is in a mask. These people are all vaccinated. They're all with the masks. And today he walks away from the podium, forgets where he is. Then he doesn't have his mask on. And and Senator Amy Klobuchar had to run up, whisper something in his ear, then he puts his mask on. Then Jill has to walk him off the stage like, I, I guess he's got to get back for the early bird special. It was not a good look. But... It'd be nice if we could just be normal again, wouldn't it? 70% of Americans want normalcy. Guess where the 30% that doesn't lives? That's right, blue places. They love they love the restrictions in the blue places. They really do. Uh, Kim is in uh, Fairbanks. Hey, Alaska. Kim, you're on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich. How are you, Kim? Good. What's up? Thank you for, t- uh, thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to point out that... Um, Alaska is a really mineral-rich and oil-rich place, and we are struggling with jobs in the economy here because Biden's chosen to shut down this industry. On top of that, our tourism industry has been absolutely canceled, ravaged by this administration and the choices they've made. I'm sorry to hear that. I love Alaska. I went there. I did with a group of listeners a couple years ago. We took a cruise to Alaska. It was one of the best trips of my life. Such a great time. But, yeah, I mean, there's certain towns in Alaska you can only get to by by, by boat, right, by cruise ship? Correct. Well, by, uh, by the ferry or um, charter planes or boats, yeah. Um, and there's also towns that are that are connected through Canada and that – the average Alaskan citizen can't get to unless they're vaccinated. Right, of course, because man-child Justin Trudeau is making life miserable for everybody up there. Correct, and there's no guarantee that you can cross the Canadian border even if you are vaccinated. It's up to the Canadians at that given time whether or not you're allowed to use the road system that Alaska pays for. Alaska actually pays for the maintenance and upkeep on the Alcan. And why is it up to Canada then if you're allowed to cross? Because the 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 Alcan, the Alaska Canadian Highway, is both mm-hmm. on the Alaska side and the Canada side. So uh, Canada can say no, you can't come across the Canada side. You have to stay on the Alaska side. That's crazy. You can understand why they have that large trucker convoy for freedom, and it's growing every day because his policies are absurd and unnecessary. Uh, and that guy is one of the worst, Justin Trudeau. He's one of the absolute worst. 
Well, here in Alaska, we don't have nearly the supplies that we're used to. You know, we're used to shortages here. It happens. It happens all the time. But the, the amount of shortages now is crazy in comparison to where we normally are. And it's okay with us, an average Alaskan citizen, because we'd rather have the truckers say no enough, open things back up, than be subject to the whims of a tyrant. Yeah, well, good for you. Kim, thanks for the call from Alaska. Appreciate it very much. 877-381-3811. Uh, all right, let's see. Kim in Washington, D.C., the other Kim. Hello, Kim. Hi, Rich. Can you hear me? Sure can. Okay, great. So you've unpacked a lot tonight, and I, I am your own point. I'm in complete agreement with all of your points. I actually, um, I think the COVID relief conversation needs to continue. And I think we need to do it not in the form of money, but in the form of cheap, safe, and effective therapeutics that are being suppressed by Dr. Fauci, by the FDA, by the NIH, by the CDC, who, by the way, changed the definition of vaccine three times. So, I mean, I saved my mother's life with ivermectin two weeks ago. And I had to get it from a friend of mine who got it from India. I then found it at a compounding pharmacy, and it's a fortune because they're pushing vaccines to make a buck. It's terrible. And I, ju- I actually told the, told the call screener, I just covered a surgical case in Georgetown. That case was delayed by seven hours because of the shortages of nurses. And it's That's really insane. terrible. But I think the only group, the only group in this country, now around the world, they accept ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and they have a, a, a fantastic protocol. The only group is called the Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance, the FLCCC. And I don't know why they're being suppressed. They do have a following on YouTube for now. Well, I know why they're being suppressed. I'll tell you why they're being suppressed. I got to take a break, but Kim, thank you very much for the call. I'll tell you exactly why they're being suppressed when I get back. And also give you a great movie recommendation as well. This is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. We're coming right back. Mark Levin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. funny to me because um this uh whole idea of uh, whether it's ivermectin or it's monoclonal antibodies or it's uh, this drug or that drug it all comes down to one thing the Biden administration doubled down on vaccines as their policy Politico had a great piece about this recently that the Biden administration went all in on vaccines and only vaccines and then omicron hits and everybody realizes the vaccines don't stop transmission although they didn't stop transmission with delta either uh and then the Biden administration sees case counts rising and blah 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 uh the reason why they went all in on vaccines and only vaccines yes it's money but you can make money off those other things too it's because they decided they were going to go in all in on vaccines it's the most divisive thing it divides people the most vaccine mandates are incredibly divisive and this administration is about dividing people that's what they're about they're about dividing people 
And they know that if they look, if they'd come out and they'd said, we're going to invent, we're going to go all in on monoclonal antibodies. It's not, that's not, it's not something that's going to divide the American people and have people fighting with each other on Facebook. No, but vaccine mandates, mandating you, mandating your kids. Oh, that's the kind of stuff that gets people fired up. And the more fired up you are about that, well, then the less you're talking about the other stuff. Now, as far as those experimental treatments go, you know, one of my, I love movies. I'm a movie guy. And I know I get people call me all the time. He goes, Yoli, how do you watch those libs in Hollywood? Well, I, I don't care. I love movies. So I'm not going to let them take my joy from me. But also, a lot of people that work on those movies are they're not all liberals. I mean, you know, the guys that do the key grip, you know, the guys with the microphones, the cameras, build the sets and everything. Plus, a lot of actors in Hollywood, too, are also conservative. They just keep their mouths shut. Anyway, uh, so... There's a movie called The Dallas Buyers Club with Matthew McConaughey. It's from the 1980s. It's based in the 80s. It's not from the 80s, but during the AIDS crisis and the FDA would not approve these drugs. And the government decided that, well, unless the government approves it, you can't try it. You can't use it. And so they had this Dallas Buyers Club where people would essentially now buy the drugs from them. They get them from Mexico or wherever else, and then they would... They would give them away because you couldn't sell the drugs, but you could buy into the club and then they would give the drugs away. And the FDA was so mad about this. Oh, how dare you try to save your own life with a drug we at the FDA have not approved? President Trump signed the right to try law, which gives you the right to try an experimental treatment if it's a essentially a lethal, you know, fatal diagnosis. But I, I'm of the opinion you should be able to try anything you want. You, you should be allowed to try. The only reason why you're not really is because the pharmaceutical companies don't want the liability of you dying when they're trying to bring a drug to market. So that's really the reason that stops that. But no, look, I mean, the reason why they, they would rather have a culture war about an experimental treatment rather than see if it actually works and save lives. And that's a damn shame. Because I've heard many people say that this drug has helped them or that drug has helped them or a combination has, a cocktail has, whatever. The Biden administration is not interested because to the left, it's all about vaccines. That's all they care about. And you should have a multi-pronged approach. The one thing I I can tell you, though, without with, with certainty is that this Johns Hopkins study that came out said no lockdowns. They are a disaster. You think the left will learn from them? No, they will not, because lockdowns are about control and they love control. The next question will be how soon do they do lockdowns for climate change? This is the Mark Levin show with me, Rich Zioli in for the great one. We're coming right back. of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. It is great hanging out with you tonight on the Mark Levin Show. Mark will be back. New episode, by the way, Life, Liberty, and Events Sunday night. Don't forget, Congressman Jim Jordan, John McLaughlin. It'll be a great episode. 8 p.m. Fox News. Don't miss it. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, at least for now, I'm there. And I do the mornings on WPHD in Philadelphia. Mark's hometown of Philly. I may just do an all-nighter tonight. I was telling Mr. Producer, I said, maybe I'll pull an all-nighter. He said, if you do that, you're going to die, which is a fair point. I haven't done an all-nighter since college. It may not work out well for anybody, but... See, the problem is you do this show, you get all fired up. How are you going to go to bed and then get up at 4 o'clock in the morning? That's the problem. So, anyway. Uh, speaking of Pennsylvania, let me go to Dan. He's in Sweetwood, PA. Dan, you are on the Mark Levin Show. 
Rich. What's up, How Tan? are you? Good. First and foremost, I just want to congratulate you, and you are doing a wonderful job. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Um, as far as the mask thing goes, like, if you go outside when it's cold, obviously where we live is cold, just breathe out. Put a mask on, and you can see your breath. So what are they doing? Yeah. Yeah, they don't do a damn thing. They don't. I mean, I think every, unless you have a, a properly fitted N95 mask, the kind they actually use in medical settings, these masks don't do anything. I, I think everybody realizes that. Dan, you probably saw Gavin Newsom the other night uh, at the game in L.A., and he's walking around maskless, and he's hugging Mag- Magic Johnson. He's sitting next to Michael Keaton. He's not wearing a mask. None of those guys are wearing masks. They all know that this is a joke at this point, but they love the power, they love the rules, and their constituents want these rules. That's why. The liberal want the rules, Dan. A hundred percent control is all it is. Yeah. I'm tested for a respirator and you can't have a guy with a ZZ Top style beard with a bandana. That's why they don't call it a mask. That's why they don't call it global warming anymore. That's why they call it climate control and that's why they say a face covering. It, it, you, you have to be clean shaven and fit tested for it to do anything. But- sure. Oh yeah, no you and they have to te- they have to test it to make sure that the hair is not leaking out, uh, and it's and it, it's assigned to you and you alone. And you don't you know and you have to that's your mask and no doubt about it, buddy. Hey Dan, thanks for the call and for the compliment. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for listening. I, I appreciate it very much. This guy in D.C. D.C. bar owner, his bar was shut down. It was great because Senator Rand Paul and Congressman Tom Massey from Kentucky, two of my favorite people, they went over there to support this guy. They had burgers with them, but D.C. shut him down because D.C. They're a bunch of tyrants over there. The mayor's a lunatic. And the guy said, he goes, look, I am not an agent of the government. I'm not going to be checking people's vaccine papers. Okay? I'm not going to do it. They say they have the same thing in Philadelphia with the vaccine mandate. It, it's stupid. And, and Open Table, if you ever make a dinner reservation, you may use that app, Open Table. They looked at the data of restaurants in the suburbs of Philadelphia and South Jersey. And what they found was that reservations there through the roof. In Philadelphia, reservations are down by a lot. Why? Two things. Number one is crime. Four carjackings a day. My wife and I actually last night were going to go out to dinner in the city. And I told her about the carjackings and she said, well, you know, maybe we'll stay in South Jersey. And I said, fine with me. I don't need to pay the toll anyway. And it's more expensive and it's a pain in the neck. Number two. Vaccine mandate. A lot of people, even if they're vaccinated, they just don't want to deal with showing papers. I, I find it to be offensive, so I really have no interest in doing it. I really don't. I, I just, to me, it bothers me to have to do it. And also, to you know, they, they make you show ID, and I just laugh at these people because I heard for years that IDs were racist and you couldn't get a photo ID because it was racist, and now you have to show one in order to go inside a restaurant in Philadelphia. And all I keep thinking of is, are they still racist? Is it still something that people can't get? Or is it now you're acknowledging that that whole argument was BS? Or are you purposely excluding people from coming into restaurants and bars? In which case, then, that's just blatant discrimination. Johns Hopkins did an analysis, and they said lockdowns should be rejected out of hand. 
Overall, we conclude lockdowns are not an effective way of reducing mortality rates during a pandemic, at least not during the first wave of COVID-19. Our results are in line with the World Health Organization writing group who state, quote, Reports from the 1918 influenza pandemic indicate social distancing measures did not stop or appear to dramatically reduce transmission. And they go on with a number of reasons about why these things don't work and then all the harms associated with them. Lockdowns cause tremendous harm. Unintended consequences may play a longer and larger role than recognized. We pointed to the possible unintended consequence, which may isolate an infected person at home with his or her family, where he or she risks infecting family members with a higher viral load, causing more severe illness. Lockdowns have limited people's access to safe outdoor places such as beaches, parks and zoos uh, or included outdoor mask mandates or strict outdoor gathering restrictions, pushing people to meet at less safe indoor places. Indeed. We do find some evidence that limited gatherings was counterproductive and increased COVID-19 mortality. In fact, you could argue that lockdowns killed people. I would make that argument. Now, turning our attention to the uh, incompetence of the Biden administration, as we send 3,000 troops to Ukraine and Biden looks down and potentially starting World War III, something I do not want. Remember, my answer, my strategy in dealing with this is for the United States to become the world's largest exporter of natural gas and, and oil. That's how you deal with a Putin. That's how you deal with him. We have to make it clear that the United States won't mess around and then guys like him won't play because he just cares about money. That's the truth. And if, if Putin feels like the Nord Stream 2 pipeline is not going to happen, that's why the Democrats missed their chance to stop it, which then would have sent Putin a message. But if Putin feels like he can get away with it, he's going to do whatever he wants. But I think there are a lot of people banging the drums of war in D.C. right now. The incompetence of this administration when handling the Afghanistan withdrawal was on full display today. Leaked documents showing Biden's botch Afghanistan withdrawal. Here's uh, Admiral John Kirby today, the Pentagon spokesperson. The spokesman was uh, responding to a reporter's questions about these leaked documents. Cut five. Secretary Austin and General Milley are on the Hill today for closed-door meetings about the Afghan withdrawal. And there are notes that came out from an NSC meeting that suggested on August 14th their preparations had not been made for where to evacuate um, both Americans and Afghan civilians uh, who had applied for SIV status. Um, in those late hours, those decisions were still being made as tel- as the Taliban were moving into Kabul. Is that accurate? And is that true that it, at that late stage, preparations had not been made as to where uh, where to evacuate Americans and others? No, I'm not going to speak to leaked documents. Uh, what I can tell you is that uh, that we were all working as an interagency very, very hard. Uh, uh, throughout the summer, but certainly in, in August, uh, to make sure we were best postured uh, to conduct an evacuation um, if one was needed, and clearly one was needed. Now, here's what I'll tell you, okay? First of all, it was a disaster. Uh, this administration has no clue. They really don't. But here's the other thing, too. Democrats want him gone. I don't know if Biden's going to be able to make it his full term. I really don't. I was telling Mr. Producer, I said, I don't know if he's going to be able to make it. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's very obvious now that the, the jello eating competition might be all that he's really capable of doing in a few months. It's just not a good look when his wife has to escort him off the stage like that. It's bad. But it's Democrats who are the ones who are circling. They're the sharks circling the, the carcass here. And I'll give you I'll give you some proof on that. Senator Gene Shaheen. 
Why you would name your child a name that rhymes with the last name, I don't know. It's one of those things that just perplexes me about this particular senator. Anyway, Senator Gene Shaheen was asked about these leaked documents and what it shows about the Biden administration's incompetence at handling the Afghanistan withdrawal. And this is what she said. I do want to ask you about Afghanistan. National Security Council this morning responding to an Axios report on leaked documents that talk about discussions inside the Situation Room and what they call a lack of preparation over the withdrawal from Afghanistan, telling our NBC's Carol Lee, quote, that leaked internal documents and cherry-picked notes do not reflect the months of work that went into the withdrawal. What is your reaction to this latest reporting? Uh, And are you satisfied with what we have seen in the wake of the withdrawal? Has there been enough attention on women and children? Well, I think no. I think we need to do more to think about how we can support women and girls in Afghanistan. Um, And it's no secret that I was not supportive of the president's decision to withdraw and was uncomfortable with the way that was carried out. But at this point, what we need to do is find out what went wrong and what was done right about that evacuation. Um, What are the lessons that we can carry forward? That's why a commission um, that has been sponsored by Senator Duckworth and a number of other folks, myself included, is important to see if we can make sure that we don't make the same mistakes in the future. And just to put a fine point on it, do the leaked documents that we've now all seen underscore your concerns about how the withdrawal was carried out? They do. So the concerns should be there. And I think Democrats have a lot of concerns considering how incredibly unpopular this president is. But they're nuts, though. They are. The Democrats are nuts. A House Democrat has created her own vaccine mandate. She will not. I can't even say this straight face. She won't meet with uh, in person with her unvaccinated constituents. So a member of Congress, a member of the House of Representatives, will not meet with her own constituents unless they are vaccinated. Do you, do you, I mean, this lunacy. She could, be, she could meet with them and be six feet away from them. She could make them wear masks in her office. But again, this is about virtue signaling and proving a point. The party's nuts. But, uh, but outside of the crazies that run the place, there are a couple sane people left. Joe Manchin is really one of them. You know, the Democrats are already thinking about how they can position themselves for power. Don't dismiss the idea of Kamala Harris going on the Supreme Court. I know it's a long shot. I do. I know it's a long shot. But let me tell you something. I am from New Jersey. Okay, I broadcast out of Philadelphia, but I grew up in New Jersey. I cut my teeth in New Jersey politics. And we have a saying in New Jersey, if you want to get rid of somebody, you make them a judge. You make them a judge, and then they're gone. Oh, yeah, because we have these people, and they're honestly, they're pains in the asses. They're assemblymen, they're senators, and you want to get rid of these people. But how do you do it? They're not going to lose. Well, you elevate them. Hey, why don't you become a judge? You know, you make $175,000 a year, whatever it is. You'll have a job for life. That's how you get rid of them. Now, do I think that Joe Biden is going to appoint Kamala Harris to the Supreme Court? I don't know. I can't predict. I think it's a possibility, though, because then they get rid of her. You get rid of her, and then now you can appoint somebody else to be vice president. They want her out of the way. They do not want her taking over for Joe Biden. If Biden is gone, the last thing they want is Kamala Harris. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but don't rule it out. I, I, for one, would not be shocked if it happens. It's the Jersey way. It is the Jersey way. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Casey in Long Island, New York. Casey, you're on the Mark Levin Show. 
Hey, Rich, how's it going? Uh, going back a little bit. I like the show as well, the uh, Yellowstone with uh, Kevin Costner. Great show, great oh, show. Oh, it's great, right? Are you watching um, 1883 yet, the prequel? Yeah, No, 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 I, I haven't, I haven't. But um, I know we're at the end here. I'm going to be very quick. So everything that's happening in this country, you know, I know it gets, you know, there's a lot of branches to everything. And, um, you know, to put things into perspective and very, very simple for everyone, Here's my view, and, 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 you know, there's an old saying that says, uh, you know, small seeds grow big trees. Well, these are the seeds, in my view. You have what's called the Great American Theft, which is stemming back to the, to the last presidential election. And after that, I mean, you know, all hell's broken loose, basically. You have what I also call the Great American Illusion, which, in my view, 98% of Congress is really, a one, is really one party. I don't really think we have a, a genuine... You know, Democrat and, and Republican Party anymore. Uh, you know, regardless of, of, of what they say, because at the end of the day, their policies. And, I got about and, thirty and, seconds, Casey. Make it quick, buddy. Yeah, that's fine. And another thing is generational weakness. You know, I'm 36 years old. I was born and raised in New York. I think a main a main a main reason as to why we we need to fight so much more now is because our parents' generation. We're asleep at the wheel, you know, whether it was against corporations or whether it was whether it was against the government or what have you. Everyone was asleep at the wheel in my parents' generation. And now it's our turn to fight for our freedoms and our rights so that our kids don't don't end up having to, you know, fight like we have. We're, we're doing now. Well said, my friend. Well said, indeed. Casey, thank you, buddy. Uh, excellent points you made here tonight on the Mark Levin Show. I appreciate it very, very much. All right, we got a lot to get to tonight. Don't worry. I know this show's wrapping up, but we still got more to come. It is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. Coming right back. Mark Levin. So, uh, obviously, in this country right now, we've got a terrible crime situation that's happening, and uh, it's heartbreaking. It really is. It's heartbreaking. It's also heartbreaking to say goodbye to uh, police officers. There was, uh, of course, a funeral today for one of the slain officers in New York City, uh, and and thousands and thousands of cops and people came out to send their, their sympathies. Uh, to Officer Mora. Officer Wilbert Mora was laid to rest today. Officer Jason Rivera was laid to rest earlier in the week in New York City. Uh, and it was it was wonderful to see cops from Philadelphia, my city, coming down, and, and cops from Jersey, and cops from the whole area in New York City coming to pay their respects, and thousands of people. Uh, Susan Sarandon, the actress, tweeting out a picture of the Sea of Blue, showing their support, and saying, if we don't need all these cops today, do we need these cops ever? So if all these cops weren't needed for crime that day, doesn't that mean they aren't needed any day? She tweets out with a picture of all the cops there. Many of those cops, by the way, were there on their day off. Cops came from neighboring departments. And obviously, um, there were lots of citizens and civilians who were there, too. Do you know that one of the council members in New York City, councilwoman, sends sympathy to the relatives of the slain NYPD cops and also their killer? Just to show you how nuts people can be. Councilwoman uh, Kristen Richardson Jordan on Twitter on Tuesday said, My deepest condolences to the families of Officer Jason Rivera, Officer Wilbert Mora, and LaShawn McNeil. LaShawn McNeil is the one who shot and killed those police officers. 
She said lives lost due to broken public safety and mental health systems that spare nobody. Harlem stands with all families of the fallen, and we will not stop fighting for a safer world for or for all. Rivera and Mora were assigned to the 32nd Precinct. Were ambushed. Uh, they were ambushed last Friday by McNeil after responding to a domestic disturbance at the suspect's mother's Harlem apartment. They're both shot and killed. And this councilwoman sends her condolences to the family of the uh, of the guy who shot and killed the cops. It's crazy. I'm telling you, it's crazy what some of these people on the left think and what they what they say and what they talk about. And, you know, I saw as well over at the New York Post how uh, some of the comments that were that were made by some people, uh, a Brooklyn teacher, our anti-cop post as a school holds a fundraiser for the fallen officers. I mean, this was the kind of thing that everybody was coming together for. Um, you know, we can say God bless our cops, our firemen, our first responders, as Mark always says, and our troops and all those who serve our country. Thanks for listening so much to the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. I had a pleasure hanging out with you. Thank you. Thanks to Richie V. Thanks to Mr. Producer. Have a great night. God bless. God bless.